Welcome to the Small Bowler Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who may root for one of the worst teams in uh, college football. His name is Brandon Siegel. How are you doing? I'm doing well. That that was a terrible intro today. Normally, I enjoy your intros quite a lot. Uh, today's was not a good one at all. Uh, I, I feel like I root for a, a very good college team, one that uh, has been one of the most successful out there. Um, but today we have a very, very special guest. Um, however, I'm not going to introduce him today, Trevor. I'm actually going to let you introduce him. Yeah, so today we got uh, one of my good friends. Uh, his name is Jaden. He played high school baseball. He's a huge fan of baseball and very knowledgeable about it. We, Brandon and I, are not very knowledgeable about baseball. So with the restart no, we here, not. we are here to have Jaden today talk about some baseball, some NBA. Um, so Jaden, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm good, Trevor. I am uh, glad that you used uh, the intro to make fun of Brandon about the Michigan. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> Michigan is indeed the worst college out there. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go statistically, uh, it's the exact opposite. But you know what? We don't no, need to go there today. No. Um, Jaden, we're very excited to have you on, especially since uh, Trevor and I are not baseball, uh, you know, super knowledgeable about baseball, and you are. So it's going to be fun to talk a little bit about, you know, the upcoming shortened season, uh, kind of how it's going to go so the viewers at home will know. But we'll get started off today. Uh, Tom Thibodeau was just hired to be the Knicks head coach, a five-year deal. Uh, good for him, I'd say. Trevor, what do you think about Tom Thibodeau? Yeah, so Tom Thibodeau is, he's probably one of my favorite uh, coaches in the NBA of the last, like, 10, 15 years or so. I think he's very good um, as a coach defensively. You know, he's really known for his defensive capabilities as a coach. And I think, you know, as bad as the Knicks are, I do think this is probably a good hire overall. I think he is someone who could help the development of R.J. Barrett and, you know, some of those other young players there in New York. I mean... You know, when you're when you've got an owner in James Dolan, I feel like things are probably going to go bad no matter what. But at least this is like um, one of the better options. I feel like they could have went. Obviously, you know, there was talk about like Mark Jackson as well, who I think also might have been a good option as well. Um, I don't know if he. It seems like he doesn't really want to coach anymore um, necessarily. So yeah, I mean, I think Tibbs is a good hire here. You know, as bad as the Knicks are, I think they did something that was pretty good overall so what about you uh uh, Brandon what do you think about this hire yeah I like Tibbs a lot I think he's a good coach I mean he's been on Team USA's um in years past he's coached a couple different teams and I think he's had relative success with uh some of the teams he's been with some not so much um but I like this I think there's a a good in the developmental uh standpoint about how he can get RJ Barrett uh to kind of where they want him to be um and some of the other young stars uh, which I think is really, really key for the Knicks moving forward. Uh, like you said, the Knicks are really just one of the worst franchises in sports. James Dolan has uh, made a complete mockery of the whole franchise, which is considered one of the better ones um, up until rather recently. Uh, so, yeah, not too impressed with uh, James Dolan, but I am impressed with this hire. I, I like Tibbs, and I think it'll be a good step moving forward. Um, up next, we have Jamal Adams, who has been chirping a lot on Twitter about wanting to get traded, and yesterday he got what he wanted. He was traded uh, to Seattle, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna pull everything up here because it was a it was an interesting trade. We've seen a lot of big players go for multiple first round picks, uh, and this one was no different. So the Seahawks sent over a safety, Bradley McDougald. I probably pronounced his name wrong, but that's okay. Uh, first round picks in 2021 and 2022, and a third round pick next year in 2021 in exchange for Adams and a fourth round pick in 2022. So. 
Trevor, here's the thing. I personally hate giving up first-round picks. I do not like seeing the Ravens do it. I think the first-round picks are so, so valuable. And there's times where we've seen other players go for multiple first-round picks, and it just hasn't panned out. And it's normally a pretty high chance it doesn't pan out. However, I think this was a really good trade. You have a team that is in win-now mode, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, they have a quarterback on a nice deal, a uh, pretty large deal, and he's aging. You need to get players there now. It's a win-now mode move. Um, and I think they got Jamal Adams as one of the best safeties in the league. You have the Jets who need to start rebuilding and moving forward in a different direction uh, and build around Sam Donald. And these picks are going to be able to kind of solidify uh, Donald's position for the next couple years, whether it's getting a lineman, whether it's replacing that safety position, um, getting more cornerbacks and linebackers. I think this was a good move for both franchises. It's a rare time, I will say that, about a trade with first-round picks in it. Yeah, so... I think the first thing I thought when I saw this trade was like, wow, two first-round picks for Jamal Adams. Like, Jamal Adams is great, but I was like, two first-round picks, really? I would have thought one, okay, understandable. But in the NFL, I think in particular, out of any sport, um, they don't give up first-round picks easily. Um, so I was surprised to see the Seahawks do this. It is clear. Picks are worth a lot. Yeah, it is clear that they are in win-now mode. And Jamal Adams is a great player. Seahawks already have a really good defense. Jamal Adams is going to make that defense even better. So I think the Seahawks, obviously, you got Russell Wilson and their offense, high-powered offense that they got. I think they definitely mm -hmm. have to be like one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl next year. I would say one of the three or four teams, obviously have the Chiefs ahead of them, might even have like the Ravens or 49ers potentially ahead of them. But I think the Seahawks are right there with some of those other teams. And ultimately, I think I like it for both sides, um, if I'm being honest. I think for the Jets, um, obviously they are not in win-now mode. Um, they have a lot of work to do. They're rebuilding, got a young quarterback. So absolutely uh, no question the right move for the Jets. For the Seahawks, I like it a little bit less, but they're in win-now mode, so I'm okay with it. Uh, Jaden, what are some of your thoughts about this trade? When I look at this trade, um, for the Jets, I, I think it's a great trade for them because you're getting rid of one good player that you're going to have to pay real soon, and you're going to be able to have a chance to get two top-end players in the next two draft class in, with having two first-round picks along with your own first-round picks, and you won't have to pay them for a while. They're going to be on their rookie deals. So then you can pay Sam, and you still have a good team behind him, hopefully. And for the Seahawks, I, I think it's okay. It's so-so because it's it's hard when you get to that top end of being an NFL team and you want to push it over. You want to be that Super Bowl team. It's hard to become that team. Uh, but sometimes you gotta you got to make trades like this. you got to make – you got to – give up something to try and get something and ever since the legion of booms left they've kind of been lacking in the secondary the front their front seven's been good but they've definitely been lacking on the back end and getting a, a top five safety like jamal adams could really help them yeah no i i, I agree with some of what you said I, I think you guys are underrating jamal adams just a little bit uh, for the Seahawks, I, I think it's a huge, huge addition. I think they paid a fair price for him. I don't think they overpaid, and I think both teams kind of came out uh, with a good piece of the deal. Uh, I mean, Jamal Adams is one of the top safeties. He he's, uh, wants to get paid supposedly more than Eddie Jackson's contract, which was just under $15 million, and Jamal Adams is averaging just under $6 million, so it's not a huge bump. So if they can get the salary cap right, each year will not be too much of an addition, and it won't be too much of... Um, their overall salary cap, roughly the two hundred million. So I, I think it will it will work out well for them. But let's move forward um, to a slightly different NFL topic. Um, the training camp uh, process has finally been approved. The NFL PA and NFL um, agreed on a twenty nine to three 
uh, agreement uh, through the CBA. So Trevor, what are your thoughts on you know some of the things that they're doing for training camp? Yeah, so it's good that this plan um, was approved. I believe it was by a vote of 29 to 3 that uh, the mm-hmm. NFLPA you know, approved the collective, collective bargaining agreement for 2020 season. And, you know, to me, it just keeps – I just keep thinking about it when I think about this. And there have been so many players that have kind of came out and have kind of been – it seemed like a little upset with how the NFL has kind of been um, – uh, kind of been dealing with this. It seems like they really – uh, waited a while to start really finalizing these plans um, when they should have been dealing with it as soon as this whole situation came about. Like it seemed like in March, April, May, uh, from my perspective, it seems like they really were just kind of hoping that it would go away by July, and that didn't happen, obviously. So it seemed like they were hoping it would be. Maybe they were reaching out to, um, you know, different people who had more information about um, the situation with COVID, and uh, those people maybe weren't as correct about those things so it seems like they kind of were hoping that it would be over and it wasn't so on that count uh the nfl really did not plan for this in the way that it seems like they should have um now we don't have a ton of information about like their health and safety protocols i haven't seen a ton of information about that but to me it's it's just really like the nfl has to really make sure that they are putting in place these different things and we'll talk about some of the other things that um here in a second with like the no preseason games and some of the things they're talking about with like limited fans but uh, I'm a little cautious about like some of their plans it doesn't seem like they're handling it the best way it, it, honestly the, it reminds me of a little bit of the MLB right now um but Brandon what, what about you what do you think about this yeah I'm, I'm decently unimpressed they had a lot more time than the MLB to come up with a plan of action on training camp starting the season, going through with the season, and then, of course, the end of the season and with the postseason. I think they had this allotted amount of time they could have used, and they just didn't use it uh, really well. Uh, so I'm a little bit disappointed with the NFL. I definitely thought the NFL would be better than the MLB. I will say we have definitely uh, uh, you know, spoken not very highly of the MLB's process in the past on this podcast. Um, I definitely thought the NFL would do better. Um, but this does just kind of show how difficult the pandemic is to work around. Um, you know, even though we are unimpressed with the NFL, um, they, they definitely have a huge challenge at hand. Um, but let's move to the no preseason games. Um, Jay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this one to you first. What are your thoughts? There will be no preseason games, and even when games start, uh, they'll be limited uh, to few fans at some stage, depending on where it is, uh, with masks on. So what, what are your thoughts uh, on the no preseason games. Um, the with the no preseason games, um, it ob- it obviously it sucks for the undrafted free agents because that's where most of them they shine. Yeah. That's where they really show what they can be worth. And there's a lot of undrafted free agents that go on to do good things and have really made a name for themselves. And it, it sucks for this year because it's going to be a lot more. You're going to want to sign a veteran instead with more experience that knows what it's like to be in an an actual NFL game. You're more likely to sign one of them than an un proven undrafted free agent um i'm okay Mm -hmm. i'm i'm uh much i'm i'm okay with the limited amount of fans the stadiums they hold uh, a ton of people they hold 60 70 thousand people anyways so even if you're half half the fans can be there anyways it's still you're still getting 35 40 thousand people so you can you can still feel the energy you can still feel the fans in there and wearing the mask and there's it's not that hard to put on a mask it really isn't it is not. It is Everyone not. wear your masks. And then uh, no, for not the, difficult at all. For the 
for the no preseason games, I I think it's going to be a, a bit weird for them adjusting to that because they're going from four games, like they would only play like a quarter, like for the starters at least, because they went from like playing a quarter of the first game, half in the second, and then like another half in the third, maybe a little in the second half, to now just going straight into the game, like not seeing nobody, be, like not seeing any other NFL teams beforehand. And I think it's going to have, a, some teams are going to start off really fast and some people are going to start off really slow. I think it's going to be hard mm-hmm. for some some of the teams to get their timing down and their foot going for these first three four games. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. I actually one hundred percent agree with everything you said. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how teams you know acclimate to the the new playing structure without the preseason games. Um, but moving on, uh, we will not have small talk trivia today uh, because of our wonderful guest. Um, but small talk trivia will be back next time. Don't you worry, Trevor. What's the scoreboard on small talk trivia? I just need to be reminded of you know like who's winning and stuff like that uh we 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 don't need to put any reminders about that because um oh, okay you know. luckily i have it written down <laughs> i'm up by one point it's 30 to 29 just wanted to throw that out there but let's get to randomly ranked because i think we have a really fun one uh today i, I don't remember whose idea it was whether it was trevor or Jaden. it's one of your it wasn't my idea so it's one of your two ideas um and you know um, i gotta give a quick shout out to our favorite contributor ben o'brien um because uh I, I know he will be unhappy he's missing this one, but that's okay with me. I don't really care. So, here's the topic for today. We are going to do our favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe characters. Now, before we go into this, I have to give a quick little shout-out to two of my boys, Aaron and Chad. We have ranked every single Marvel movie. Uh, I sent it to both of you guys beforehand. You guys could see it was very expansive. We took a lot of time on it. Um, so, quick shout-out to them. Jaden, I know you're a big Marvel fan, and I always give our guests the option if you want to go first, last, second. You choose where you want to go uh, in ranking your, your top three favorite Marvel characters. Uh, I'm going to go last. I want to go last. You're going last. Okay, awesome. Trevor, I'm now making you go first. All right, that's fine. And, and I came up with this idea because um, both of you guys and basically all of my friends are huge Marvel fans. I, however, am not a huge Marvel fan. I've probably only seen maybe if there's, there's 22 total movies in the cinematic universe or I guess, right. Is that, am I correct on that? Roughly. Okay. And yeah. I've probably seen maybe like, might be 23. Now. I've probably seen about four or five of them, but, but <laughs> nevertheless, um, okay. um, I'll, I'll make mine quick because I'm not as knowledgeable, um, about this and not as passionate about this kind of subject as Jaden and Brandon are. So I'm going to start off with number three. I'm going with Iron Man. Um, Iron Man obviously has a very cool suit. Um, I'm a fan of Robert Downey Jr. And I do like the first Iron uh, Iron Man movie, which I did watch. So Iron Man's my number three. Number two, I went with Black Panther. This is a movie I've watched relatively recently, and I loved it. And Black Panther also seems awesome. And then number one, I have to go with uh, the OG. This is always going to be my number one no matter what, um, and that's Spider-Man. So that's my rankings. Um, you guys can be a little more expansive on your explanations. I just wanted to give some quick hitters. Yeah, you know, what's interesting, before this, Jaden told me that I'm going to roast him for his list. And I, I don't know. I feel like that list was not too terrible. Well, I, I wouldn't say mine's very similar. But it's not too terrible. What, what do you want to roast him for, Jay? What, I was going to roast because it's, if, if you were just talking like just the characters themselves, like not just in the MCU, I would be okay with Spider-Man being at one uh, and, and Black Panther being at two, Iron Man three. But this is, this is the MCU. This is all about this, is all about this storytelling of these, of these 22, 23 movies put together. And I, I, feel like, I feel like it was disrespectful putting Iron Man at three and then putting... Spider-Man and Black Panther at one and two when they didn't even come in until phase three, phase four, mm. and they they weren't even there for the beginning 
part to the the franchise. Mm-hmm. Well, fair enough. What is interesting, because um, I'm going next. I have multiple people that were not there until the end. However, I think it is it is. I think I can explain it pretty well. Um, as both of you know, my favorite movie is Guardians of the Galaxy, so there'll be quite a few of those characters in here. But I have two honorable mentions to start it off. I went with Star-Lord and Black Panther. Like I said, a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy characters will be in here, so Star-Lord has to be in here. It's a hysterical character. Chris Pratt does an amazing job playing him. And of course, we have Black Panther. Uh, Black Panther is, is one, he's one of the dopest uh, superheroes we have in the whole MCU. I love everything about that movie, um, and I, I love the Black Panther himself. Number three, I have Iron Man. Um, I've always been a big fan of the the tech he has and just kind of the the swagger that you know he brings himself around with the different like little one liners he says hysterical. Number two, okay, we got to go back to Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm gonna say Rocket from Guardians of the Galaxy. I love Rocket. He is also hysterical. Again, one of my favorite characters um, due to how funny he is, how impactful he is. Um, really, really a great character. Bradley Cooper does a great job voicing him. And number one, this is my all-time favorite character, and I, I think, Jane, this is going to throw you for a little bit of a loop, because it's not a typical character people would say. But again, I love Guardians of the Galaxy, so my number one character has to be Groot. I'm <laughs> very obsessed with Groot. Um, as Trevor might know, I have a Groot in my car, uh, on, on, my, uh, on my mirror. Uh, my wonderful girlfriend Kayla got me a Groot, like, little doll thing that dances to music for one of my birthdays or something. Um, so Groot is going to be my number one. You're welcome to roast my list if you want, but you know what? Those are my favorites. It's, it's not. I'm. I'm. I'm not mad at any of the list. I'm a fan of all of these characters, okay. so I can't. I can't be mad Good. at anyone liking all these characters because I like them too. I just. I have a. Lo- I have a lot more. Lo- mm-hmm. Like the level of love goes up more as. Yeah. <laughs> as it goes. And Jayden, we were talking about this before. I think me and you agreed. It's so hard for me to pick like my favorites. Yes. And you even said it best yourself. You're like, I love all these characters, but if I had to pick a couple that were like above the rest, yes. Because really, I love like twenty of these characters, mm-hmm. maybe even more. Yes, it's it's real. It's you have to nitpick a lot when you're picking your best exactly. characters because everyone, I for most of these castings, I feel like a lot of these people they were perfect fits. Like they found perfect castings, especially for the for their main characters, like the main six that they had, they were all perfect castings. You couldn't have picked better people. Perfectly casted. I 100% agree. So, Jane, let's let's hear your well-awaited list. Okay, I have I have two honorable mentions. My one honorable... Let's hear them. Uh, they are Spider-Man and Thor. I, I am okay. a big... I The first two Thor movies, they were a little lackluster, and I wasn't a big fan of them but i was i was always a fan of thor in in both of them and then when ragnarok came and there was a a, a really good storytelling along with uh chris hemsworth playing thor still and like they cut his hair they they changed some things around made it freshened it up a little bit and then in infinity war he had a his character was amazing and i i really truly like thor and then spider-man he's like the he's like the young iron man coming up he's the like the little kid like that just just wants to find his place and it just it makes me feel like I can relate to him a lot more. He was my he's my number one like relatable character. And then uh at number 3 okay. at number 3 I have um oh where uh number 3 I have Loki. I have Loki because uh he's oh yes, he because he's that that villain he's that that main villain that goes back and forth to Thor. He makes he kind of makes Thor for me. He, like he's that other half to him that he's that real relatable brother that just you can see both sides to him you can see why he's this mm-hmm. mean he's fun to love him. yeah like you want to love him like and i love 
love him so much and you want to root for him but then he it's like um he's that trickster he always has something behind him it's always some motive that that you always have to look for and then um at number two i have steve rogers i love i love me some steve rogers i think he has the best three like i he has the best trilogy out of the whole mcu like he has the best three movie i agree um and his story of coming up the the good-hearted person that just doesn't physically have enough and then he gets all these physical powers and he can really respect them and use them in in ways to help everyone and he's just a good good-hearted person deep down and it just and i really like uh steve rogers and then my number one would be iron man he's the godfather of the mcu he has the best story arc he goes from this this mean cold-hearted uh weapons dealer that doesn't care about anybody else besides getting his money up to this person who would give it all away and do anything he could just to make sure the the close people around him have are healthy and live a free life that they want to and it just his story arc makes me it it makes me uh show like if if somebody who has real powers and can really do something if they just use it for good how much more they could do for the earth and it just it sits really well with me and i really like his story that's awesome yeah and and i know that yeah what do, what do you think Devin would think about your list shout out to Devin. Uh, yes, he said I was, to shout you out yes i was i was gonna shout out Devin at the end of the show hopefully he'll this listen. is this is the perfect part yeah shout because out to ta- shout out to our man Devin steer aka Devin star also known as big calves yeah hopefully he'll <laughs> listen he's a huge marvel fan um i don't know how many podcasts he normally listens to but hopefully this one in particular he will listen to what what do you think he would say is his do you um, know what his favorite Marvel his, his pro his his top ones would probably be spider-man iron man uh captain america probably probably some of the main ones um we've went into detail a lot but it, none in recent memory that i can really that just really stick out to me but yeah i think i think iron man would be up there okay sounds good Hey, Iron Man is kind of just an OG. I mean, like you said, he's just an OG character. I feel like everyone yes. kind of has to like him. But if you guys have any ideas for Brandon Ranked moving forward, uh, please submit them to us. Tweet us at the Small Ball. We'd love to hear your ideas, um, and uh, we'll probably use them because we we struggle to come up with ideas for this this segment. But let's get into our main topic. And Trevor, I'm gonna have you kind of introduce the main topic today. Yeah, so today, obviously, with the MLB restart coming back, uh, one of the biggest reason why we had Jaden on. Um, so I'm really curious because the MLB, they put together the 60-game season. They have some rule changes. Um, so we'll start off with just the 60-game aspect first. Obviously, they normally have 162 games. Um, so what, what do you think about this, Jaden? How do you think this is going to affect uh, some of these teams? Uh, this... This whole thing, it's it's going to affect everyone a lot different. Uh, sixty, uh, comparing a sixty-game season to a hundred sixty-two-game season, it's like it's like running a four-by-four in track, and then then going from that all of a sudden to the next season, you or your next race, you just got to want to run hundred. Like it's just a sprint. You don't have anything. Like you don't have to continuously prepare to do this. You don't have to grind a whole spring through a whole summer, get into October, and then make it. Like it's not a nine month thing. Like it's only the season's gonna be over and it's gonna be way shorter. So you won't have to worry as much about rest and preparation and stuff. But like last year the winner of the World Series was the Washington Nationals. For the first fifty games of the season, the Washington Nationals were nineteen and thirty one. Like at that point they would not like and this is a, this season's only ten more games. Like they yeah. wouldn't have made the postseason last right. year. And they were the World Series champions. That shows how much different, like, it's such a marathon in baseball. 
So do you think that... And, like, you got to think about, like, a lot with baseball is... There's a lot about it is like playing good at the right time. Yes, it's all about and stretches. I think it, it's so different in any other sports. And I mean, I can go into many reasons. There's a lot of things wrong with baseball, but that's truly one of them. I feel like um, you know, the teams that spend the most money, obviously there's a huge money issue in baseball, but the teams that spend the most money tend to do better off in, in the end of the year. They're more prepared for it. But, you know, you see just like the Nationals, they got hot at the right time um, and they did well at the end. Um, so a, a lot of baseball is just getting hot at the right time, and I, I don't think that's going to be as big of a factor coming into the season because there's only going to, I mean, even with the playoffs, they're only going to play what? It's going to be like, the, the champion will play what, like 75, 80 games in total? Yeah. Roughly? Yeah, they'll probably, um, like the most they'll play is probably like 85, 85 games or so. If they, if all the postseason goes all seven games or like goes the whole three games, whatever the series is, like it's, it's, their season, their season's going to be, even half the season that it would be like even the regular season normally would be even if they go into the postseason and play every game possible and it, it just changes a lot yeah yeah so yeah the, the whole dynamic is different go ahead trevor sorry yeah so can you go into a little bit more about the playoffs because i'm i'm a casual uh baseball you know fan mm-hmm. i don't even know if i would call myself a fan myself at all casual. but i'm very casual so i didn't know about like the playoff structure before today it seems like to me at least from an outsider looking in that this kind of, at least to some degree, makes up for them having 60 games. What do you, Can you explain a little bit more about the playoff structure yeah. and what do you think about it? Uh, yeah, with, with baseball and the normal playoff structure in like a normal season, it's each division winner gets into the playoffs and then there's two wildcard teams. And then the two wildcard teams play each other, then they'll play the, the league leader uh, in wins like... Uh, the two wild card teams they'll play the like in the American League like those team teams will play and they'll play the American League team that has the best record and then they'll play them in like a series game of like f- I think it's a five game series and then after that the other two teams in the playoffs the other two champions of the division then they would play the winners of that and then they would play in like the American League and the National League uh, championships in seven game series and then those two winners play the play in the World Series for the seven game. World Series National for the championship. Uh, now it's uh, two teams in each division, so there's three divisions on each side. So then, uh, yeah, two teams for each division, and then two other teams. So then each, so then there will be a division. Uh, two divisions on each side will have three uh, playoff teams, and then one division will have two. So then there will be eight teams on each side. So there'll be sixteen teams instead of 10 teams so six more teams will make it so it makes it a little bit more fair more teams like so if you're not doing as good then like you there's a lot the playoffs are going to be a little bit longer and it will be a little bit more fair to even out the length of the schedule yeah so then so Jaden, i i have a quick question if, if i can interrupt yeah go ahead. um so could could in theory uh a division have four teams in theory uh in theory yes and then the other two teams would have two teams for each of theirs so I mean, technically they could, but um, the way that the scheduling is, uh, they're doing it. So there's 60 games. So 40 games will be just you playing your division, because there's uh, okay. like in each division there's like uh, one team and then there's four others. So there's a total of five. You'll play each other team ten times. So you'll play the other four teams ten times. So that's 40 games, and then you'll play 20 interleague games with the other. Uh, like the uh, American League, like Central, they'll play the National League Central. So it's like the same geographical places. Like the uh, Cleveland Indians, who are in the American League Central, they'll play the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are in the National League Central. So it's all kind of 
uh, same like geographical place. So there's not a like they're not flying across country to play these all these different teams all the time. So they're trying to keep them all in, interesting. Yeah, they're because they're they're playing all their games still at their home stadiums. There's no bubble like in the NBA. Like they're not all just in like uh, Arizona or they're not just all in Florida playing these games. Like they're still playing them at their home field just with nobody in attendance. So they're trying to make the travel a lot less. So they're trying to just play the teams that are kind of around them. Yeah, I think that makes a lot what of sense. What an interesting dynamic that'll have. Yes, and it's it's definitely changed, but it's also changed it this way now that the National League, because usually the National League doesn't have a DH, their pitcher hits. So like the the strategy's a little different when an American League's got to go over there or a National League's got to come to the American League and play with a DH or without one. Now they made it so there's a universal DH. So now there's a DH in the NL. So now you don't really have to worry about pitchers hitting or anything. So now it's kind of like evened out the game across uh, the league. But this is just for the regular season. When they go into the playoffs, then the pitcher comes back and hits. Like then the, when we go back to the playoffs, all the rules go back to normal. Like another rule that they've also added in is when you go into extra innings, they are starting a man on second base, like just a free runner on second base, which changes a lot because it's so hard in baseball to even like just get a hit. Like you're a Hall of Famer if you can bat 300. So putting up an extra yeah. person on base and you're starting them in scoring position, it that's that's a big move. Like that's giving like the that's like giving an NFL team. Uh, Starting field position, starting field position at like the thirty yard line to score instead of starting from their own twenty five. Like it changes the dynamic a lot, and that's that's something that happened yeah. with the Indians yesterday. Like the Indians were playing the Kansas City Royals, and it was two to two. Then they went in the extras, and they started with a runner on second. They just bunted him over, one out, and they hit a sack fly, and they, that's all it took to score that dude. And then when the Indians came up, they went one two three. They got out, they couldn't score him, and so they basically just gave up like. A, like a run like a free run and it's because it's it's so hard to score runs in baseball that's why games are only like two to four three to five like there isn't a t- it's so hard to find runs in the game and just giving someone yeah. uh, a run in scoring position position like that that changes a lot but like when you go to the playoffs like all that goes away it goes back to normal rules and everything mm-hmm so, Jaden, I, I have another question here. We've talked on the podcast about the NBA restart and how there might be an asterisk next to the season. Um, and it seems like it's it begs even a bigger question for baseball because there's so many different rule changes. You're changing your strategy completely. I mean, you look at just the example you just said about the Indians. and I mean, that would never happen in normal baseball setting. Do you believe that there will be an asterisk next to this season of baseball? And Trevor, I'm going to ask you the same thing after. Um, I... I think I, at the moment we're living in, I think uh, when they win it, there might be a small asterisk next to it. Not as big as the one that uh, the Astros have right now for cheating in 2017. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, there might be a small one. But when we look back in 10, 20 years, they say they, like, when they say they won the ring that year, no one's going like, no to look back and really think, oh, they, they, they only played 60 games or whatever. It's like when... Uh, was it the Heat that won the NBA championship in the lockout season in twenty? Yeah. Was it twenty twelve? Yes. yes. The Heat won when the when you yes. when you look back, yes. you don't you don't say like the Heat. Oh, they didn't play a whole six eighty two game season. Like it's not you. You're like all right. They were they were NBA champions, and I think that's what's gonna happen now. Like like they're gonna look at it because they're also gonna bring into the fact like they had to go through all this COVID stuff. They're gonna be like there were so many trials and tribulations that they had to go through to even make it to this point and to win it all. Like they're not gonna take that away from them. 
Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I I, I agree uh, to some extent. Trevor, what do you think? Is there an asterisk? Um, again, like I've said before, I don't think there should be. You know, everyone's on a level playing field, and as long as everyone's on a level playing field, then I think there should be, or there should not be an asterisk. I mean, we've had many instances in the NBA. There's been a lockout in 2012. There was one in 1999. We didn't really talk about it as much. I mean, you had the New York Knicks in 1999 as the eight seed make the NBA Finals. Um, you know, so they almost won the NBA Finals as an eight seed. So I think, you know, to me, if you're having eight teams uh, from each conference, or from the each the American League and National League, league. in yeah, yeah the leagues in the playoffs to me that gives you enough opportunity to where there shouldn't be an asterisk. Yeah, I, I think to some extent it, it's hard to compare it to like an NBA locker because there's more than just a shortened season, and also like the NBA shortened it, it was like sixty some games. I mean, it, it, they're splitting. It would be like the NBA playing thirty five games instead of sixty some. So, additionally, with all these rule changes, I, I think there is a more of a valiant argument that, you know, just like you said, I mean, the Indians did this whole different strategy to win the game that would have never happened in normal baseball. So I could definitely see the argument behind there being an asterisk. Is there anything else we want to talk about in baseball before we quickly touch on the NBA, restart a little bit? Um, if, if there's anything you have quickly, but I don't have anything else, Jaden. Um, I don't. I got nothing. I don't, I don't have anything else. Okay. All right, Perfect. So we'll kind of head into finish off with the NBA restart a little bit here um, before we finish off the episode today. So, Trevor, we have written down in the note players that are opting out. Okay, tell me about some of the players that are opting out and your thoughts on them. Yeah, so to me, so far at least, and we could get more, or I don't think we'll have necessarily more that opt out based on just like personal reasons, but I think there could be potential injuries there could be other scenarios where people leave and then they they have to sit out for 10 days it seems like that's been the standard thing like if you leave and come back if you violate the the campus like protocols like we saw with Rashawn Holmes who um ordered a delivery for I think like some lemon pepper wings he had to sit out for yeah. uh 10 days now we have Lou Williams who um is which, leaving which the bubble. Trevor, where did Rashawn Holmes go to college he went to our our alma mater Bowling Green State University all right, I like hearing that. <laughs> yes, you know, so you got Lou Williams as well, who he's, you know, he's leaving. He was supposed to leave for family reasons, and then you catch him at, you know, places where he shouldn't be, and now he has to sit up for 10, uh, 10 days as well in quarantine. Um, so we're seeing things like that. But as far as the players that are out, um, most of those players are on teams that really don't have a shot anyway. So like the, the Nets, for example, like half of their roster – isn't playing like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Spencer Dinwiddie, they're all out. And I believe there's a few more as well. Um, you also have the wizards, Bradley Beal, John Wall, both not playing. Um, and Davis Bertans, like that's pretty much their three best players. So really you have some of these teams that really didn't have a shot anyway, for the most part. Um, we did get like with the Pacers, we have Demonis Sabonis who is injured and won't come back. I think that um, definitely is going to hurt the Pacers. Obviously, they're they're also not a team that necessarily has a great chance, but they're at least like solidly in the playoff picture. They're like a you know five six seed, so that will definitely hurt them. But other than that, we don't see um, on these teams that are in high contention. Um, I guess I guess the biggest one you would say on like a team who's in contention for a championship is probably Avery Bradley with the Lakers. That would probably be my um, that would probably be what I would say on it. But, you know, even Avery Bradley, I do think he it will have an impact on the Lakers and it hurts them because they don't have as many guard options. But other than that, so far we haven't seen a ton of um, impactful players that are leaving um, that are on championship teams, contending teams. Yeah, I, 
I think, like, this kind of... It's interesting to talk about this in, like, an asterisk next to the NBA season because I think every team's kind of been affected by this in, in some, you know, setting. You know, you look at the Nets and, like, all their good players are out. And same with the, the, the Wizards. But a lot of them are due to injuries and different things. That's kind of just basketball, I think, at that point. You know, people sitting out over fears of getting the finals, which is perfectly fine. I have no issue with that at all. I think that's just kind of part of being maybe just like injuries at this point. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think... It's an interesting argument about the asterisks, but the players that have opted out are, are definitely interesting to look at. And you see some players um, who you know are in contract years opting out, which is really, really interesting to me. So, Trevor, to, to, to finish up the episode today, and, and Jane, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this with you too also. Um, the eighth seed in the West, okay? They, obviously, they uh, asked a couple extra teams to come uh, to you know battle for this eighth seed. So, who... Jaden... Actually, you know, Trevor, I'll start with you. Who do you think is going to get that eighth seed? Um, so this one's tough because if you look at the NBA standings in the West, you have the Grizzlies who currently are sitting in the eighth spot, and then you have the Trailblazers, the Pelicans, and the Kings who are all three and a half games back. You have the Spurs who are four games back of them and the Suns who are six games back. For the Suns, it's very unlikely that they are going to get the eight seed because basically you have a scenario where um, you're going to have a play-in uh, tournament, or really it shouldn't even be called a tournament, it should be called like play-in games with a potential um, 8 and 9 seed if the 9 seed is within 4 games. So it's only whatever top 9 seed it is. So um, say it's the Blazers, then they will play the Grizzlies, and they have to beat them twice in order to get the 8 seed, whereas the Grizzlies only have to win once. So to me, it's it's really between two teams for me. It's between the Blazers, um, well, as far as Actually, it's between three teams. It's between the Grizzlies, Blazers, and Pelicans. Um, now, ultimately, I think that the Grizzlies are going to still get the eight seed. And I think the Grizzlies are still going to get the eight seed because when you have um, two games to play, uh, just going based on odds, I think the Grizzlies' odds to win one of those two games are better than the odds of the Pelicans or Blazers winning two games in a row. So I personally would say it's the Grizzlies. Um, now, I hope it's the Blazers because I think the Blazers have gotten um, pretty healthy now. Nurkic is back. Obviously, Dame and CJ, they're ready to go. So I would like to see the Blazers play the Lakers in that 1-8 matchup, but I think it's going to be the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, so, Jane, I'll throw this to you next. Who do you think will end up being that 8 seed? Um, I agree that it's going to be between Portland, New Orleans, and uh yeah, in Memphis. Memphis. I, I, I agree it's going to be between those three. I, I think it really comes down to what kind of shape these guys are in because I don't know how much they were able to do in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure they were they were able to do enough, but how many of them really had the motivation or really just wanted to grind out and do what they want, uh, do what they do what they should? I think it I think it really comes down to that. I think if um yeah, if New Orleans comes back and they have like a healthy Zion and and Lonzo's been doing good and all these people have have really kept up like with on their um shape, I think the Pelicans can I'm I think yeah, I think the Pelicans can really make a run. I think uh you can never count out the uh Trailblazers with uh Dane either. But um I don't know. I think it's going to come between the Pelicans and the Grizzlies, and if they can beat beat the Grizzlies two times in a row, because I don't think they're going to be able to catch up enough that they're going to be able to overtake that eighth seed. So I think they're going to have to win two in a row, and it really just comes down to if if the Pelicans can beat them two times or if uh, Memphis win, wins one. Yeah, in my opinion, it's down to two teams: Pelicans. 
and the Grizzlies. The NBA wants the Pelicans in. They want Zion in. And the Grizzlies have a very good team. John Morant is a he is going to be a monster in the league in you know the next like three, four years. Uh, of course, same thing with Zion, and that's why I think it's one of those two teams. If I had to pick one team, I believe the Grizzlies will still hold the spot, and I think they'll keep it, um, just because they, I think there's stipulations put in place that um, make it more likely they're going to win. But you know what? The Pelicans, I think the Pelicans could pull it off. I think it definitely has a possibility uh, to happen. Anything else we want to add before we finish off the episode today? Trevor, Jaden, anything from you guys? Um, I think we're about good. I'm just very excited for the season restart. Obviously, we'll talk about it more in the coming weeks. Um, Thursday, we have mm-hmm. Jazz Pelicans. That's the first game, 6.30 Eastern. And then the Clippers-Lakers at 9 Eastern. So really excited for that uh, doubleheader and the rest of the games. Yeah, I, I think it'll be great. Uh, Jaden, thank you so much for being our guest today and coming on the podcast. We really, really appreciate you being Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Um, we're glad you were here. We'll definitely have to have a returnee uh, at some point in time. Anything okay. you want to shout out, your socials, or anyone you want to shout um, out? Uh, shout out to Lando Bando. Um, shout out to, to my brother, my brother Landon. Um, thank you guys for letting me come on the podcast, talk about baseball, talk about sports a little bit with you guys. It's always fun talking about sports and Marvel and the MCU. It's always nice. Yeah, of course. Of course. Again, thanks. We really, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening today. We really, really appreciate it. Go follow us on Twitter at TheSmallBaller. We will be live on Twitch tomorrow to talk about soccer on Josh's Soccer Show. That'll be around 8 to 9 p.m. in that range. Uh, So stay tuned for that and, you know, go to our Twitch. All the links are in our bio. Go click them. We have three links, of course, those two. And then the third one to support the Black Lives Matter movement. Please go click that one um, to at least educate yourself in the movement. Um, But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening today, and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons!